Welcome down to Paddy Talks Golf this week. It's a special week for the podcast because we have a very special guest. As ever, the show is presented by Seed Golf, so check them out. And ruefully and effortlessly sponsored by Druidsgolf.com, so two great companies um, that support me a lot. And if we can show them some support back, that would be greatly appreciated. And we'll go towards creating this podcast better and better each and every week. And I suppose there's a reason why this particular gentleman on this week's show there to come on is because thanks to the people like Seed and Druids and all you glorious people at home pressing play or wherever you are and whether it be on a walk or in your car or in your home gym or uh, thank God for pressing play and it's the reason why people like Peter Finch is on the show this week a man I've been following on the YouTubes like I'm sure all of you have uh, for years now if you haven't do check him out with a great chat let's roll it there Oshin straight into us mr finch welcome to the show you need no introduction how are you i'm good paddy how are you mate i'm as we'd say on this side of the RC, i'm flying it flying it exactly yeah three ways of saying that okay i'm gonna take word for it and i'm gonna agree yeah i'm exactly the same i'm absolutely flying uh european tour bubble last week or a couple of weeks ago by the time i get my ass in gear and get this out european tour bubble now i watched the videos but aside from that what what was it like like being up close and personal and within Uh, spitting distance lamb distance of these guys you know what it was probably in a in a strange kind of way for actual filming it was probably a little bit better in some respects because I've, I've not been to a, a men's European tour event for oh, for a, a long, long time, actually. I mean, I went to the ladies' event in Dubai in October, and that was slightly different. But again, this was this was very much just the pros at the event and from the event and the calls to go to the hotel. So they weren't actually kind of mixing with anybody else, so to speak. So rather than them kind of bustling around and seeing different people and doing loads of different things actually for a change if they wanted to speak to you and you wanted to speak to them it was fine just rocked up had a chat everyone just wanted someone else to talk to basically um so from my point of view it, it was actually probably the most intimate and best filming i've done with the tour so far smashing um i'd one experience of being kind of inside it wasn't a bubble at the time but it was inside the ropes experience mm-hmm. and it was at bmw international open in munich a couple of years ago one one a trip to facebook i never thought people won those things but uh i was actually won one so it was like the full experience pro-am day and like inside the ropes and i'll never forget like we were slightly three feet to the wind i myself and my buddy i got to bring a guest slightly two feet to the wind getting up in the morning of the wednesday uh, as it can happen and rushing down to the elevator and my buddy was off for sake like the elevator closed and i was like it's okay but last second a hand comes out to the elevator and is like all right boys morning 
So I was like, oh, lovely. And then in the, in the doors, Tommy Fleetwood, right? <laughs> in the elevator. And of course, my friend knows nobody on the European, big, big into his own golf, but wouldn't really know who's the who's who. Yeah. And I was like going, are you doing, Tommy? You know, are you getting on the plans for the day, et cetera, et cetera. And really approachable, which I found, I was like, I get pretty starstruck at the best of times, you know? So I was like, this is mental, you know? <laughs> and then we got out the elevator. My buddy John goes, how do you know him? Like, I was like, that's that's Tommy Fleetwood, mate. You know, it's my, it's my good friend Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, yeah, best buddies. But um, carried on for a bit. I think, I think most <laughs> most most tour players and pretty much everyone I've I've ever kind of done any bit filming with, they're all just they're just people. Like they're just they're just normal people. Like I'm never filmed with like a true kind of killer like Tiger or anybody. So I don't know I don't know what that would be like, but. Most of the lads I film with are just just golfers. Like they're all the same. They're just really good at it. <laughs> Frightfully one, good at there's it. One, there's one big difference. They're just really, really good at it. Yeah. yeah, ridiculously, ridiculously good. Like through through this little medium I have of this podcast, I've gotten to meet a lot of people that I would like yearn to play with, both through Irish golf, like um, fledging fledgling Irish touring professionals, people like, you know, Paul McBride or Connor Rourke, Paul Dunn's on my radar um, to play with. I'm not on his, <laughs> believe me, I'm not on his. <laughs> but, um, you know, so like it's helped me with that, you know, kind of starstruck ability and to speak with people like yourself who have, I've, you know, I'm actually quite comfortable speaking with you because like been, you've been in my sitting room for years. So like, what's that like for you knowing that you're like, you're being beamed into people's sitting rooms for years? So what's it been like knowing I've just been there sitting, waiting, watching for this moment? Um, yeah, it, it's it's weird. It, to be fair, it, it's weird, but it's also, like, for me personally, like, the best thing ever. Certainly when I'm not really coaching at the moment, but when I was coaching, it was incredible because people would come in for a lesson and they'd already know me. Like, so, the, the, like you said, they'd chat to me like they've known me for years. This is the first time I would have met them. But the conversation was just flowing so easily because there was already that connection. And it was, it's a lot different. I mean, I'm not sure kind of if you're having lessons at the moment yourself, Paddy, but if you go in to see a new instructor, there's always that, there's a weird awkwardness to begin with as you get to know them, then they get to know you. Well, it certainly was with my lessons. That might just be me, to be honest. Um, but since kind of doing all the YouTube stuff, that kind of barrier is broken down a little bit. And, you know, it's it's just so much easier to communicate with someone once that relationship's already there. Even though it's it's only a one-way relationship, but it feels like two because, you know, we've been kind of chatting forever, really. If that makes any sense. No, it does. It's deadly. Like, I'm by no means... No, no, I love a bit of coffee. I'm, I've had, like, a triple... My order is... Uh, and this is an, an ad lib question for you. My order on the coffee shop, which thankfully have stayed open on this over here, is a skinny cappuccino with an extra shot. So that's like four shots of coffee. So oh. that's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. So what, what's your coffee order, Pete? Oh, well, if I'm going into a coffee shop, that generally means I'm driving. And when I'm driving, that generally means I'm tired. So normally search out Starbucks. Caramel macchiato with an extra shot. So you're getting a shot, an extra shot, and then about 16 spoonfuls of sugar as well, just to keep me going. 
just to keep me ticking along. Do you want any caramel on top, sir? Yes, absolutely. I'd like some at the bottom as well, please. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's generally my order. If not, I'm just, just flat white. Just flat white. Nice and simple. Bit of a, just a croissant with it. Just have a sip. Look out the window. <laughs> Those were the days. They'll be back soon, I'm sure. They'll be back soon. Um, and I like... My episodes at the best of times go off on tangents, right? Which I'm sure you've now realised because uh, we had like a set list of questions. Have you got to? But like, I all the research I've put into answering these really <laughs> questions, spent hours on these. But oh no, what do you want to talk about? Bloody coffee! Come on. Coffee and cronuts. About to tell you, if you haven't discovered the glories of a cronut, now cronut. is the time. Mm. It's like a croissant slash hazelnut whirl. It'll change your world. Wow, that does sound go. pretty life-changing, actually. There, there you go. There you go. Cronut. Okay. A cronut, yeah. It's, it's, Listen, we do every day. It's on the list. There you go. You got something out of today. I was speaking with me anyway. Peter Finch, what's your earliest memory of golf? Earliest memory of golf? Um, I think the one that stands out for me, and I'm, this must be the earliest one, the earliest memory I can remember, was up in Scotland with my dad. I don't know where. I know it was in Scotland because that's where we used to go on holiday. And it was a, it must have been quite a short course. And I remember being off the red tees. And I remember having like this little persimmon wood because I was taking some practice swings and whacked the tee marker. And it left like a big red mark on the club. And my dad came over. So I like shouting at me, wondering what the hell I was doing. I, I can't remember why I did it. I don't know. But I remember the next shot, like the actual tee shot, actually just like striping it, absolutely wellying it down the middle. Yeah, it's probably gone hundred yards. I can't remember how old it was. Probably like seven, eight or something. And I just remember that. I remember it very clearly. Remember it being sunny. I actually remember a little bit being terrible after that point, but that's my first first memory of golf. Yeah, up with my dad in Scotland, whacking a tee marker. Whacking the tea mark again. <laughs> no, it was in the shape of like a red ball, like a red ball. I, I remember it really clearly. Well, that's fair enough. You know, red balls are, are all the rage these days if you're junior golf. Listen, I'm I'm just I am just like a bull, like drawn towards it. Give me a red ball and I'll hit it. Won't be able to stop me. <laughs> so growing up then, and I hope you appreciate this segue. Growing up mm-hmm. then were the footballs red, because you're quite a keen footballer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was I was always more into I, I was because that playing golf with my dad then that was you know so long ago and I, I can't really remember the intervening point between then and when I took it back up again that must have been like twelve thirteen something like that but I was always more into my football always more into my football but it, it just came to that point where it was like I'd gotten good enough at golf so I was. I wasn't as good as at golf as I was at football, but I could kind of think that my ceiling was maybe a little bit higher with golf than it was with football. Uh, I mean, I proved that to be completely incorrect, but that was the feeling. Uh, that was the feeling at the time. Uh, so that's what I went with. <laughs> no, the Preston North End was that the club of choice locally? That's my team. For better or for worse, that's my team. No, I, I, I. Dip in and out and check how Preston are doing only because of one reason. And that's because David Beckham, my all-time favourite player, went on loan to Preston. Yeah, he did. Yeah, oh, yeah. he scored that goal against Wimbledon in 1990 whenever. Right? Yeah. Let's not put oh. an age on either of us. 
No, no, I remember. I remember. I, w- I went on every game when he was online. Remember we scored for a free. Remember we scored for a corner. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. that was an all-time classic. <laughs> Score for a bloody corner. Oh, those were the days when it was terraced, terraced standing pies, smoking on the stands. Oh, I can, oh, I can still smell it. I gave up. <laughs> I gave. I gave up them dirty things. Um, oh. Bear in yeah. mind, this was me at like you know ten, eleven. It wasn't me smoking. <laughs> I was just passing. Or Prestoner. Oh yeah, just, yeah. Listen, this this stars young in Preston. <laughs> you finish school at eleven, you start smoking by twelve. You're down the mill at twelve and a half. That's the that's the rules. What was what was your aha moment when you said golf is the career? Or the was it? Yeah. Um, I, I think probably probably when I left school. So I left school, went to college, and did a like a national diploma, I think he was in. It's like sport, science, golf. It, it was like a weird kind of qualification, but my Mysco college. And I think at that point, I knew I wanted to do something in golf. And to be honest, I didn't, I didn't like school, and I wasn't wasn't very academic. Didn't really enjoy that that side of things. And I kind of just saw golf as a way to, you know, compete at a sport, try and get as good as I could. But whether that's playing whether that's being a coach you know at the time you know, whether it's club fitting whatever it was I knew that I didn't want to do like a normal job basically and I knew that I knew that I wanted to get out of Preston as well <laughs> so that, those two things combined <laughs> <laughs> well if, if you are ever uh, well hopefully you will be sometime uh, post lockdowns and when people can fly around you, you'll be in the Lynch area sometime in the future mm-hmm. And we might take it down to a place called Kilfenora, where I'm from. And that would leave Preston in its wake as to how quickly people want to leave it. Boomerang <laughs> down. Uh, I would say, I'd say you'd cover it in a tree wood from one end to the other. But there's five okay. pubs between the top and the bottom, you know. So <laughs> why would you want to leave? <laughs> so some people do find it tough to leave for that. I was going to say, it's amazing. <laughs> what are you talking about? But um, YouTube, when and why? Um, did you press record or start pressing record? Um, it was when I, so I was, I moved from Preston down to Shropshire and after like 10 years, I was ready to come back anyway, doing a few bits of bobs and got back up to Manchester. So I started coaching at Trafford Golf Centre. Uh, Rick Shields were already there for a bit, went to college with Rick and Andy and the, Rick had already been doing his YouTube for about a year and a half, maybe something like that. And really simply, his coaching diary was the fullest. It was as simple as that. And and that was the only thing that he was doing substantially different than everybody else. So I was like, well, if it's working for him, I'll just give it a go. So you started recording just coaching videos and it started to work. So started recording more videos and more videos and then just it went, it went from there, really. It was it was as simple as that. I just wanted to get more lessons. Pure, pure and simple. No, and it's, it's the reason a lot of people are kind of embracing social media now, especially I see during, I suppose since lockdown, people are, you know, there's, there's never been this amount of uh, new social channels or YouTube channels being set up or podcasts because people are like, I need to film me day, you know. But I think yeah. people are seeing the, the reward from that. Um, but what's your approach, I suppose, to embracing social media? I watch a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk, so it's like wherever the audience is. 
Um, you can only watch so much of Gary Vee, though, or you start turning into a bit of New Yorker yourself. But like, what's your approach, like embracing social media? Because it's very easy to be there all day, 24 hours. So what's your approach to it? Um, it's difficult because obviously, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without social media. You know, if, if you think about it, my entire, all the videos that I make and all the content I do, that's very much just placed on those social media channels. So I have to be in and around and amongst it all the time, which is good. It's fine, but it is without doubt. And certainly I noticed this during lockdown, you know, you'll, you'll spend, you know, an hour on your phone. And by the end of that hour, like you, you won't remember why, why you're on it. You know, you'd have gone back on Twitter six or seven times for literally no reason. You know, why would you do that? That that's the downside for me. The fact that if you're not careful, you can just you can spend so much time actually not really watching anything and not really doing anything. You're just there, like on your phone. And that's something that I'm actively trying to fight a lot more against. So rather than just like going on Twitter, going on Instagram. The only time I'll try and go on there is if I'm posting something, I'll have a quick look around, but I'll keep my time down. I keep my time down. I'm trying to get my screen time down every week, but it's not, it's not easy because obviously this is what I do. So it's a very difficult thing to try and manage. Yeah. Something I tried, uh, I read, um, well, I listened to uh, tiny habits. Mm. Uh, when that's what I started. But what I picked up during lockdown was morning walks to get out the house because I'm still working from home. This is a lot of people think I do this full time. This is a hobby of mine. I just love talking golf and talking to people, great people like yourself. Um, audiobooks, stop it. Uh, tiny habits. And it was like, it was like, because um, I, I want to do loads of things and I don't want to do so many things that actually nothing gets done. Right. So I had to try and build it into a habit part of my day. One of that was um, my phone. So I'd be like, I like oh, yeah, your screen time is up or down this week. But I was like, okay, you never really paid attention to it. But you, I found out you can turn off all your apps. You can, they just turn off. Mm-hmm. You can say, I want it at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Because like it's a bone of contention with my family. You know, you're always on, always, you're always on it, mate. Like, like you're, you know, Christmas is for family, not yeah, for friends. Because yeah. um, I like, like that on it, Twitter, Instagram, even LinkedIn now, like for work, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, um, what's Clubhouse? Let's find out what that is. Off again, do another round, check me WhatsApp, check like endless. So yeah, oh, yeah. It, it turn off on my phone now at 7 p.m. If I want to, 15 minutes and then the timeout comes again. So that's helped me a lot. What's, what, what are you trying to do about it? Is it is it as kind of direct as that? Or because for me, I've been doing it because I have a 10 month old as well. And I'm putting a big emphasis on on sleep, you know, on sl- this this black thing is telling me I need to sleep more. Yeah. So that's why I blocked off the app from both perspectives, family mm-hmm. time and my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So I I know that you're focusing on or trying to focus on sleep and improve. You got twelve hours the other day, but I think that was yeah, that, that was that was mainly because of the zero kind of hours I got the day before. But um, it. Like I said, it is it is tricky. It is hard because well, the main thing I've tried to do is, let's say I'm kind of doing a YouTube video or an Insta post, whatever it's going to be. I'll figure out what that's going to be. I'll go on there. I'll post it. 
I'll spend a little bit of time answering comments, but then I'll just put my phone aside and just not touch it for like another hour or so. Um, other thing I do is I just try and certainly talking about evenings, I try and switch off. If, if I want to go to sleep at 11, say, I'll try not to look at my phone after 10 and I'll just fill that time with reading, basically. That's another thing I try to do and also just keep the phone out of the room. I just just don't don't even look at it. I'm gonna there's there's a few other things I want to try this year as well. So I want to try and get uh, probably another member of staff in as well, uh, just to actually start to manage those social accounts. Because when I when I split down my week and what I've done and areas I can be more productive, you know I am still spending way too much time on social media, not working, just like just browsing and not doing anything, you know, and, and being able to cut that stuff out. That would be a big benefit, but you know, and like, like you said, reading. What was the book that you were reading? So. Uh, I've done the first book I I listened to, because um, both my parents are teachers, so I have a big thing against actual hard books. <laughs> so I'm like, no, no, give me YouTube. I'll find out there, okay? Or but audiobook is yeah, I can do walk and like kind of women situation. So the first book was Shoe Dog, excellent, excellent yeah. book. Um, one I'd actually buy. Just that, just to have in the show. So, because it, it does it in um, each chapter is a year. And I don't know if you've read it yourself. Yeah, yeah, I've read it. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just going through through my audio books as well. I think that was that was one of the first ones I actually downloaded. Yeah, that was brilliant because I could take it down. You could, you could just take a year and read it, and then like just, I oh, that that was great. I'll take that bit of insight today. Tiny Hamlets was good. Um, so much so that I'd nearly go back and listen to it again as like a a quarterly reminder. Um. And I'm listening to one at the moment called Deep Work. I think you'd appreciate Deep, Deep, Deep Work. Work. Yeah, Cal, Cal yeah. Newport. That's that's yeah. one I've um, that's one I've listened to as well. Yeah, God. so I'm into that. Oh, there we go. You know, um, and the, the, to be fair, there's not many of those that I've not listened to. I've I've got a platinum account on Audible. <laughs> I think I think uh, I might actually. I, I try and do two a month because uh, generally they're five or six hours. That's like a week and a half worth of walks for me, um, yeah. with 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 the pram. I'm that guy with the two liter bottle of water and the pram and the massive headphones walking Perfect. to the coffee shop. Um, you mentioned that you might be adding another person to your team. So to my knowledge, it was around just before lockdown 2020, um, lockdown year that you started working like a brand manager and got a couple of people in. What was it yeah. like <laughs> having to delegate like your personal baby, your brand, which is you mm-hmm. to other people that, and, and, and trusting that and delegating? Um, I thought I thought it would be more difficult than it was because I, I tried to get, certainly when I was kind of hiring David and Jacob, I tried to get a couple of people who were different than me for a start. So different personalities could bring different things, look at things in a different way, but were also good at what they were being brought in to do. So, you know, bear in mind that, I use my brother-in-law, John, who's a videographer. I do use him, used him from time to time over the last few years if there was something like a project that I just simply couldn't physically do on my own. But pretty much everything else was, was all me. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine until you get someone in who actually knows what they're doing. It makes a huge, huge difference. And as soon as I saw that, you know, the guys were actually doing stuff just better than me. That's fine. Like, fine, do it. 
you know, you're better at that, do it. You know, I think, I don't know what all your book it was <laughs> or book it was that I actually read, but just a really simple fact of when a business is successful is generally because there are people in there who are better at that task than you are. And it's, it's as simple as that. Like, I, I'm trying to actively do less so I can actually concentrate on just figuring out the bigger picture stuff and, and like focusing on the content. And it so far it's worked really well. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as difficult as I thought. I thought I'd be a lot more precious about it, but um, I think I'm all right. I think I'm decent at that delegating. No, that's so, good because, because like uh, I find it tough, like in, in, in a stereotypical work sense, because I, for me, like what well, I want it done the way I want it done, you know, I'm a bit OCD that way. <laughs> My wife would tell you that. Um, but like, I do what she tells me, no problem. Um, she wants it done in a really particular way. But what I'm trying to say is like, that's a, that's like a massive win for you because you'd have to step back from the business and just look at like growth and like take sales and actually growth and forecast and three year plan, five year plan, and really strategically look at what you want to do rather than being stuck in the, the editing and the, you know, the command B's and command T's and all that sort of thing. So if people don't know what command B and T's are, just start using the final cut pro figure it out fairly quick. <laughs> I think a lot of it as well is when you, and a lot of people, you know, listening to this who are kind of self-employed, got their own business will, will kind of understand this. You can work like exceptionally hard, but when your nose is like right against the coal face, sometimes if you don't take a step back, you won't realize there's diamonds everywhere else. And you just like, you're just working there. And you, you can't really figure out something new because it's always, certainly with, with YouTube and social, like I was very much doing, you know, making the video, it's out, okay, next video. I just, just plowing onto it, plowing onto it, plowing onto it without actually taking a step back and saying, is that a good video? Like, is that actually worth the time of people watching? And that's what we managed to do like this year um, the, in 2020, which is obviously... It, it, it was tricky, <laughs> especially taking taking people just before lockdown. That was uh, in high, in hindsight. Brave. I mean, it's worked out fine, but yeah, it was a little bit a little bit stressful to begin with, especially because I've not done it before. And I was like, oh god. But yeah, it's worked out okay. No, no, it's a brave move, and and you know, um, no risk, no reward. Juice is the juice worth the squeeze, and all that, and all those analogies you can take. Um, I'm gonna go down a different tram line now for a second and go because to my understanding granted you can't coach at the minute and maybe in the last year to 18 months you haven't maybe coached as much due to the level of content creation we'll call it uh, that you're doing um but what was or what is your your approach to teaching i think from for most of the players that i coach uh, who are regular handicap golfers, let's put it that way, you know, from 36 down to single figures. That's a whole range of players who I kind of coach. Generally, the the best thing to do is is understand understand their game to the best of my knowledge and tell them enough that they can improve, 
but not enough so you confuse him. That's that's pretty much it. That's as it's as simple as it gets. Because certainly with launch monitors and when I you know when I'm coaching, I've got well, I was I used a basically radar based uh, launch monitor and I used uh, the quad and used cameras. Got a force plate, had a three D system, and then obviously just my kind of messed up eyes. I was overrun with information. But the problem is if you start to take that information and then go to a 20 handicapper and say, oh, look at this, 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 this is why you're doing this, this is why you're doing this, you know, they'll they'll be gone. Like eyes will glaze over, head will implode. All they want to know is how do I stop slicing it? And if you can cement that into two or three different things that are super simple to do, Brilliant. That's a great lesson. And that's that for me is a sign of a, a good coach, really. It's just understanding understanding what's going on with someone's swing, but telling them the minimum amount and getting the maximum actual reward out of that. Because, you know, if anyone like kind of listening to this who's had a lesson before will know, and I've, I've been guilty of this in the past as a coach, you know, coming away from that lesson with three or four things running through your head, it, it's... it's it's hard. Like you're not going to be able to get that cemented in. If you can go away and work on one or two things, yeah, that can allow you to move forward a little bit more. But if you leave that lesson more confused than when you went in, that's not a great session. <laughs> one of I've I've mentioned this quote, my takeaway from a lesson a couple of times in this podcast, but it's always a gem and always makes me smile every time I mention it. But the best takeaway I ever had from a lesson was with Keelan McDonough, who's over in New Jersey now. Um, and it was swing the belly at it. Now, early extension. So instead of that, swing the belly at it, got my left hip out the way. And that's all I had to think about. One thing. Yeah, belly yeah. smaller now. So I need a, I need a newer one. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, but I'll try, I'm working on my segue, so hopefully uh, this will work. So for you, you're doing a lot of work um, on the fitness side of things from both the distance perspective, but also injury prevention perspective. Mm. So how, not in part, but if golfers can understand how their body moves in terms of mm. body part feelings moving um, for golf, for a change, uh, how quickly can changes happen in their swing, you know, so if a slicer um, you know, focuses on a body part. It, it's almost looking at it from, if you look at it from the perspective of, if you go into a lesson and you're swinging in a certain way and the coach asks you to make changes, you've got to be sure that you can physically make those changes, first of all. Like that's a, that's a massive thing which is underappreciated because if your coach isn't asking you questions about like stuff like injuries, like you're know, trying to figure out what your range of motions are, you know, seeing to the extent that you can get into certain positions, it might be completely pointless making that, making that change because you physically might not be able to do it. Whereas if you don't have a lesson that extend your range of motion, increase your flexibility and your strength, you might actually improve more just by doing that than getting a lesson. You know, you'll become a better natural athlete by getting physically fit 
than by not doing anything but getting a lesson and then physically not being able to change your swing. It, but it, that's, again, that's not an easy thing to explain to someone. You know, Dave coming in, playing off 18, he's got a wicked hook, he's got zero rotation, to say to him, listen, don't go down the kebab house every night. Spend half that time going to the gym instead and you'll improve your golf. You know, what... Would, Priorities. Would, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it, it depends a lot on on what you really want to do and, you know, how much time you want to dedicate to it. So there's no there's no easy answer to that, but generally I'd, I'd put more emphasis on getting fit and improving your range of motion because it's not... It's not just about strength. It's not just about building muscle. It's actually improving the range that you can move into. If you're trying to get a full backswing and a full turn, but your range of motion doesn't allow you to turn, there's no point doing that. Like, there's no point working on it. Like, you might as well just try and figure out something else within what you can actually do. So, yeah, the actual training and, and the differences that made, that's made in my swing has been pretty big. I've got to be honest, the last, well, I've been quarantining for like, what was it now? This is my seventh day and I've done nothing. I've done nothing. Good rest though. Terrible. You in the green yet? You are, sorry? You in the green yet? Uh, oh, that rest? No. <laughs> rest. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I, 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 I've almost given up. I'm just going to give up sleeping. I'm going to, I'm going to train myself to operate without any sleep. What's the point? I know how important it is. <laughs> I wish it wasn't. <laughs> one, we're all looking for that 1%. Uh, sleep, uh, well, it helps. You know, the walks and the, and the, the drinking of water, all that kind of stuff. It's, well, for my body, it helps anyway. But Because um, like I'd, <laughs> not gloating now, but I'd like four hours sleep last night because I was on duty. Maybe six the night before. And that's like getting up for 20 minutes, two or three times in between that. And I'm in the green. I have no idea. It's not down to sleep. So it's, I'm off work at the moment. That's probably it. Because I'm doing now during the day. Obviously, uh, power, power napping. Oh, the REM sleeper is way up there. Power napping. There we go. That's what you need. Yeah, that, that's the problem. That's the problem with my sleep. Like my, if I get, I, I try, I try and get at least seven hours, but I always, I always kind of default to between about four and five. And it's always quite, it's always quite light. Like I never really fall too much into that deep sleep. And then, every 10 to 15 days my brain just has like a reset and i can't move for like 12 hours so it's not a healthy cycle to have so i just need to yeah if, if, if everyone's got a whoople kind of know what we're on about here but. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll share my monthly report with you uh we can compare notes on sleep oh God, i'm geeky <laughs> What percentage? Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> teaching versus playing versus creating. Teaching versus playing versus creating. Um, I mean, I'm in I'm in a very lucky position where I've managed to combine all those and kind of mangle them together. Really, um, the. The big difference, I think, between all of those is the playing aspect of it. So I'm still trying to play in comps. I'm still trying to improve my own game. I'm making videos around that, but that's still something which I'm trying to improve on. And that is 
very, very different than coaching and kind of creating because it just, it takes time. Like, and you can't, you can't bypass it. It's one of the, it's one of the really good things about golf is that if you're not practicing, you're not training, you're not improving, you're not working on your weaknesses, comps are going to show it up. Like if, if you're having a, a bad season as a football player, for example, if you're on a great team, you can get away with that. You, know, you can do enough to get by. If you go out to the golf course and you've got snap hook, you, you, it's going to show up. Like your scorecard is going to, you know, show that is the issue. And that's one of the great things. And it's, it's the hardest thing for me to do is to actually stop what I would call my, my regular you know, work very much in quotation marks uh, of creating videos and actually saying, okay, I'm not going to do that today. I really need to practice on this. And if I improve this, I can then make a video when I perform well on the comp and that will still allow me to create that content. But there's, it's difficult because there's no guarantee. If I go, if I go to my studio with some drivers, I can make some videos and I know that I can probably create something that's going to be worth watching that people are going to enjoy. If I spend eight hours grinding on my putting, there's no guarantee that I'm going to be a great putter that next comp. And it's, that's a scary proposition when you're trying to divide up your time. It is, but you know, it's, it, listen, it, it's not a bad thing to be able to say, oh, you know, I'm going to sacrifice making videos about drivers so I can practice a bit more. You know, that is, that is the, the most first world problem complaint I've ever heard. The first world problems. So it's, it's, it's an inconvenience at times, but it's definitely not a, not a problem. Yeah, but it's refreshing to hear that you're that self-aware to like to recognize that. You know, that it's not lost and it's not taken for granted. And I think that's down to life experience over time, I suppose. Moving oh, yeah, to journalism, yeah. find out what that's about, and then comparing that to PGA life. Yeah. Bit me on the head. Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I thought someone was biting me on the head. Her hair was trapped in my cap. I was kind of <laughs> worried, worried I got fleas for a moment. Um, yeah, I think, I think perspective does, does put a lot into it. It's hard. It's actually hard to say that because obviously what I do now, I I know and I understand like what a lucky position that I'm in, just simply because of stuff I've done in the past. So a few years, you know, when I was when I was younger, was working for my dad and then away from my dad doing landscape gardening, for example. You know, and I soon recognised that that is not a long term employment opportunity if I want my body to be in any shape. Then doing the journalism stuff for a few years, you know, that taught me a lot about, you know, what is outside of golf. That That's the biggest problem, really, I think, with a lot of people who stay within the golf bubble. I don't realise how good it is within that bubble. I'm talking about bubbles. Like, once you go outside that bubble, and there's lots of other little scary bubbles, they're kind of crashing into each other and trying to pop each other, you'll understand that being in golf bubble is the best bubble to be in. It's a lovely bubble. Um, That's such a nice bubble. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a, it's a lovely word as well, um, bubble. It's not too aggressive. Uh, so I'm glad they named it that and not like quadrant or something, you know. Um, that's something I've taken away from watching your videos over the past, like over the few years and why I enjoy them so much is I suppose your outlook on the game, 
the way you tell stories, you know, it's not just a video for the sake of a video. Um, well, that's not how it comes across. Anyway, it's not how it comes across. Yeah. You know, that you're invested in them and, and there's loads of value there. Um, I suppose the question I wanted to ask is, do you look at other YouTubers, not in golf, but like in photography or videography or home office channels, and do you take any, like, I'm watching a lot of, like, work from home office station yeah, videos. I can imagine, moment. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which lighting is the best lighting? Which, yeah, LED strips do I need? Um, so do, do you look outside the golf YouTube bubble and look to take bits from, like, like, I watch way too much Peter McKinnon for anybody's good. Um, and Casey Neistat, when, you know, when he was doing it daily and stuff. Do you, yeah, yeah. Do you do that as well? Do you look to take bits from what, what other people are doing Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I remember when um, Casey was doing his, <laughs> just like I know him, you know, Hi. Casey, Sea Dog, uh, when he was doing all his his daily vlogs. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I miss one. I don't think I miss one, and it, it certainly helped when I was starting YouTube to actually figure out not exactly how to daily vlog because he obviously probably does it better than anybody else still, but you know, some of the things I could take and transfer into making videos. Because at that point, I had literally no idea what I was doing. I still don't really know. But that and then, like I said, Peter McKinnon and other creators like that, you know, they help you to probably understand how a video could look. And certainly, they're professionals at it. Um, I think if you look in the golf space, you know, Eric Anders Lang, for example, he's a... He's a Content he's a, creation goals, that man. Well, he's a classic example, though, of someone who he didn't come from golf. So he was a documentarian who then came into golf. And that's a completely different style of video than what anybody else is producing. But if you look at the Avengers in Golf, for example, the, the scratch stuff that he hosts, I, I wouldn't know where to begin like, to come up with that. You know, that it's really not my, my style. And then that's something which I've definitely just fallen into. You know, I think my videos have a certain style now, but that's not by design. That's just by what I've kind of found works for me over time. Um, I think I probably now watch less than I used to. Um, again, just simply because of that fact of when, because at the moment I'm doing up the, well, not been in there for a few weeks, obviously, but the studio that I'm doing my indoor filming from now. I, I did have a look around to see, you know, or how to make, you know, how to create an indoor studio, blah, 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 how to make it look good. Once everything's in there, I'm just going to get somebody in to look at it. Yes, I'm going to have to pay them and it's going to hurt, but it's going to be better afterwards. So rather than looking on YouTube for kind of inspiration now and how to do stuff, I'm just going to someone who actually knows what they're doing already. It's just going to save me a hell of a lot of time. <laughs> and headspace. And headspace, and headspace yeah. And, exactly. and Amazon lists. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, it, it, it's hard. It, it is hard, like, because, you know, I'm I'm still, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still a northern kid and guy. And paying, a, paying money, like paying money to a decorator, for example, to paint. That's something you can do yourself. I mean, I'd make an absolute travesty of it, but it's something that if you wanted to, you could do it yourself. But you, you, 
you, you forget the fact that you're going to lose, you know, two days of time painting that, that you could then put into other aspects of your work that could earn that money back that you paint the decorator plus more. And you're going to get someone in who actually, again, knows what they're doing. So that's, you know, a long way away from where we started this question. And I can't even remember what we're talking about, Paddy, to be honest with you. I've completely lost track of myself. It's, it's been pure gold. So you need you to need start to interrupting me when I start <laughs> blathering on in such a manner. Just makes just makes my job a whole lot easier, you know? There won't That's be much left on the editing floor. I'm not, I'm not here to make it easy for you, man. <laughs> uh, let's make it a bit harder for you then. Um, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like, oh, top five this and top 100 that. I know that everything will get a ranking, but I prefer like what's your favorite, you know, because I have a 10 year old and everything's his favorite. Um, mm-hmm. So what is your, I, I said five, but like we'll say three because uh, I don't want to go over the hour with you um, either because you you sleep to I'm catch not, up on. You know, I am not. I am not doing anything for a good half hour after our allotted time. So, if you want to keep chatting, you're too it's good. Not an issue. You're too good. Three of your favorite places to stay and play. Oh, crikey! Um, they can't all be Scotland, all right. I'm literally just <laughs> going to say they're all going to be Scotland. That's all right. Um, That's okay. Well, I, I tell you what. If we go right, first of all, just like say Andrews. That's still still the best place that i've i've ever been um but it oddly enough though yes for the golf obviously love links golf brilliant all the rest of it but it's more the the town itself and how that's interconnected with the courses like that, that's what makes it amazing like there's better there's better golf resorts if you want to look at it like that that you can go to even in scotland you know there's there's places that offer probably a little bit better golf. I know that's slightly controversial with the old course being there, but slightly better golf, slightly different golf, but everything together in St. Andrews, you know, you've got the amazing courses, you've got the bars, you've got the history, you've got a location there, which so many like-minded people travel to. So you're never going to, you're never going to be lonely there. You know, you walk into any pub in St. Andrews, if you're on your own, and you've got your cap on, your tireless out, whatever. You sit down. Someone in there will be able to talk to you. How did you play today? You know, where did you play? Blah 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 blah. That's great. That's that's something which is, you know, I'm not going to say it's unique to golf, but it's something which is just, I don't know, part of the part of the foundation of the game, which I think we need a little bit more of. I'm going off on one again. Damn, this coffee. You're not, because like, I'll cut across you now and I'll stop you so you can have a bit of coffee if you want. My, it's gone. It's gone. My, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not a razor now. Then. Bloody buzzing now. <laughs> I to say right <laughs> My baby sister did her doctorate in English because us Irish people, English is a foreign language. So she went all the way to, 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 yeah, to be a, a PhD or whatever it is. Um, actual doctors are out of college quicker than she was. Um, in English in St. Andrews. Oh, so right. super smart as well, Craig. But like, but like, never like zero interest in golf. Like, ze- completely lost from a golfing sense. There for four years, and she comes home. So I think, like, for someone who's that academically minded to spend some now, granted, a few years there, 
but like turned her head to actually think about playing the game just tells you how embrace of it like embrace of it, is that word embrace it embrace of i, I think i'll use it. it i'll go with it em- embracing yeah, as, it is as, 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 as a culture <laughs> you know um and yeah absolutely um should be replicated as best we can in every single golf club that's my approach to the game every single golf club should be like that yeah, you know, yeah, come yeah. on in it, it, it is it is difficult it is hard because you know st andrews is a very unique place i think there are there are other places like it in some respects um i mean north berwick for example is quite a similar feel but Gullen, again, very similar feel, like the, the course just rolls out of the town. Um, and there's a few places in, oh, there's, I mean, Scotland's full of kind of little communities like that, but it's obviously difficult to manufacture because the courses and the towns have grown up together. They've been there for hundreds of years. And it's a hard thing to suddenly say, ah, right, okay, outside of Grimsby, we're going to do something similar, which is hard to say anyway. I've never been to Grimsby, by the way. Likewise, I'm sure it's lovely. Once the biggest uh, fishing port in the world, Grimsby. Yeah, one, of the, one of the richest towns in the world at one point. Dude, I'll, put, I'll put that as one of the podcast tags. Grimsby. Just in case anyone was wondering. Um, so I think, yeah, Scotland, St. Andrew's great. Uh, so I won't, I won't do any more Scotland's because I could reel off a list of like 64 places. Um, I think one place which surprised me recently actually was... Um, Portugal, not not obviously Portugal's a great place to go play golf, but um around Praia del Rey. So Heard of it. kind of out from out from Lisbon, which I've never never been to before. But wow, what a what a place. What a place that is. If you've if you've not been before, I I highly recommend that. It's just a beautiful location, really. Um and oh, lastly, I'm gonna have to say somewhere saw in the US I suppose uh, <laughs> but it, it's like America's a strange America is a strange place in many respects but for golf it's it, it, it you forget you just forget how many amazing courses are over there it's undiscovered like, almost isn't it I just, there's just so many so many good courses over there it's it's frightening and if you base yourself around a certain location so I I mean I love I love desert golf. So in and around Arizona is, is perfect. There's like loads of great courses in and around Vegas, which is both a great idea and a terrible idea. But I think that's win, probably... Win-win situation there, I think. Well, you know what? Let, let, let me put that for my, my last location. Then. Let's say Vegas. Lovely. There's so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Bathroom Tigers. Um, I won't go with five, but on the hit list, we'll say... What I have Rasa Pena is my like golfing mecca to get to in 2021. It was Waterville last year, surpassed all expectations, wanted to play them for 20 plus years, blah, blah, blah. Rasa Pena, new dog course and all that jazz. It's architecture I want to get into and understand it, um, mm-hmm. having it been lost in me for, for so, so long. But Rasa Pena is my golfing mecca. There'll be multiple podcasts on it, pro- most probably. What's yours for 2021? Got Peter Finch's golfing mecca. Um, I mean, to be fair, Ireland is is somewhere which I've really not kind of explored too much at all. So I think until until the past three years, like I've not really played any golf over there. Like 
at all. Uh, played Tull Farris a few times, obviously now with Europro, which is all right. It's decent. It's like a decent track. Lovely. But for me, like for me, any any courses in England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, if it's not a Lynx course, instantly that just gets moved down my list. I love I love Lynx. I love love Lynx golf. But one thing I'd love to do is actually stayed at Adair Manor um, kind of a few years ago, which is, by the way, a completely... So what I'm saying about Lynx golf is always first on my mind, and then kind of everything else comes after, you know, Heathland, Parkland, all the rest of it. Adair Manor is a Parkland course, but it's not like anything else that you've played. So... I'm going to leave that on its own a little bit. So I'd love. Well, that is on a pedestal. That's up there, and that's on on a pedestal. That's where it is. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, it's like conditioning and and everything else is is ridiculous. I've done some videos on it. Please check it out. (laughs) Golf on YouTube. Um, But what a lot of what a lot of people were doing there. Certainly, kind of Americans who were coming over. They were basing themselves at Adair Manor, and then like I think like Tree and all the amazing links courses are about 40 minutes away from that uh, around the coast so we were using that as a base but then they were going out and playing like all these amazing links courses so they're having a week of just like the best golf ever and i think that's that's something which i definitely want to get done um and i think pinehurst as well never been to pinehurst talk about a feeling of like a whole place dedicated to golf like apparently pinehurst is is the same so been in touch with the guys at pinehurst brewing company (laughs) priorities well like down down the west of ireland you know get out of it there mm. and if you go like a real wild like there's putching stills and everything in the mountains so like you stay in the right airbnb mm. i'm talking about um but yeah there's like there's dingle distillery which would be kind of a bit a worthwhile detour between Adair and Waterville. There you go. I've spent half a day there and half a day recovered. Um, we'll move on down because um, I want to be respectful of your time because I'm very appreciative of, of the time you've given me. Oh, no, is, no, no worries. <laughs> for the rest of 2021 uh, and for your channel, what what direction or directions are you more interested in, in like bringing your documentation or your creativity to, to what you're doing? I think we've been pretty happy over the last kind of 12 months about how we've been doing on YouTube. So like the, the videos we're making, the, the interaction that we're getting, and generally the, the people who are watching seem to be more engaged, the views going up, subscriber numbers going up, you know, all the, all the metrics that you'd, classifiers doing well basically but i think the the main point from from our perspective on that is the videos that we're making we're actually happy with and we're enjoying making them the other end of that when the views are going up and all the rest of it that's great perfect combination so we're happy with that but our other socials so kind of insta twitter and facebook they're the ones that we're mainly on we don't really do much original content for those platforms So the big push this year was to basically try and bring some individual videos to Facebook that aren't on YouTube, that aren't on Instagram or Twitter. Some original stuff to Twitter, which isn't on any of the other platforms. So 
that's the the main goal. It's obviously been put back a little bit because of like renewed lockdowns and all the rest of it, but that's still very much the goal. So to keep carrying on what we're doing, um, YouTube just improving and incrementally getting better, but then bringing some original content to those other platforms as well, rather than just like random picks and videos. Lashing it out there rather than, yeah. Yeah, you know, just which, just a little bit different, something which people can actually, you know, enjoy like we're talking about just when people just like scrolling through social media rather than just like scrolling past random stuff, you know, Oh, here's me with a picture of a driver. Great. Oh yeah. Like it. Oh, that'd be interesting. Like scrolling past actually something which they can stop, watch and enjoy. So when they're actually off the phone, they can be like, Oh, I remember watching that video rather than after an hour, not understanding what's, what's just happened to it. That's, that's kind of like the goal that we're, that we're going for. It's going to take a lot more kind of work and, you know, that's why we probably need someone else to come in. But I think, I think it'll be worth it. I think it'll be good. No, I think it's great. I think that's a great tagline that you, that I'll send you after so you don't forget, or maybe you're using it already instead of like, like, comment, subscribe, stop, watch, enjoy. Like that's, that's, there you go. Stop, watch, yeah. enjoy. There you go. And big red, big red flashing font. So people, yeah, in the feed. Oh, Jesus. I better do what I'm told. Um, don't, don't induce any seizures on it. That's put a warning at the start of every video. Contains flashing lights. Uh, something I enjoyed on while scrolling was European tour um, Tales from the Tour. So I, I brought that question into my, my podcast, Flow. Uh, flow to ver- which is quite tangential at the best of times so peter finch a tale from your tour or from your journey in golf be it journalism football preston or dubai do you have one? Oh god um journey from uh dubai was dubai, dubai was good dubai was dubai was quite strange really you're talking about kind of in a in a bubble access and, and the way it's different because we all had to share, so the players and pretty much any anyone else who was involved in the tournament. So, kind of, we were media basically covering it, and then you had other forms of media, print, newspaper, um, like Sky, and all the rest of it. We we're all staying in the same hotel, and the us, me, David, and Jacob. So, me and my guys, we were staying at basically the end of a corridor. And there was three rooms next to each other. So rather than staying in our own rooms, we just used to sit in the corridor, basically chatting through what we we're going to do the next day. And we, ch- we were just chatting through, uh, did a video by breaking a world record. And we chatted through the different ideas for it, blah, 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 blah. Not really thinking too much about it. And then we're filming with Graham McDowell. So we're like, we're mentioning him quite a bit. Then all of a sudden, the room next to ours, like, Door open, so we all look up, and then he GMAC sticks his head out. <laughs> it's like, are you, are you guys, are you guys okay? And we're like, yeah, um, yeah, we're just talking about you, actually, like a kind of weird way. <laughs> don't, I don't mind us. Go, go back in your room. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> in that kind of weird American Irish accent that he's got. Yeah, it's. Uh... An interesting one, that. Um, maybe I look forward to having him on so I can ask him that question, uh, which I'm sure yeah, he won't good, answer. Good guy. It's great, <laughs> great to film with. It's really, really good. He's absolutely smashed the record as well. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he's actually sub, 
make a note. I do need to actually submit that to Guinness. Try and get put it, another get put another up, frame right? in the background there. Well, technically, we'll be going to Graham, but I could I could always get it sent here, and I could like he's got he's got enough on his wall. He's got enough on his cabinet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mine is bare, so <laughs> I just have a fake world fake world record certificate handed to somebody else in there. Yeah, why not? Why not? Eh? Why not? I've got nothing else to show for this, but I'm going to do that. What's the most pressure you have been under hitting a golf shot or maybe making a video and why? Jesus. Um, um, first tee of open qualifying, first time did it. Like 100%. Like no, no, nothing nothing even close after that, really. It was good, actually. It was a good learning curve, but my God, yeah. Just, just to have so many people come to basically watch you play golf is... Yeah, it's it's different as well because the, the, with open qualifying as well, there's a there's a definitive goal there. You know, th this isn't something where you know someone come watch us in a tournament and I finish top ten and it's a decent finish. Yeah, it's all right. Like open qualifying, you the goal is to qualify. Like everybody knows what you're there to do. Like it's not it's not like a secret. And certainly the way that I kind of been making videos, again. You know, people are there to try and watch you qualify. So on the first tee there, that was, yeah, that was pressurized. That was nervy. And the problem was with West Langs as well. The first first year, did it there. It's like a dog leg left to right, out of bounds left, thick rough run out. Um, so it's not a driver. And it was that dry that it wasn't even a three wood. So it's like a driving iron off the first tee. Which is just the worst thing ever. So you're like, you're looking at something, you're looking up, God, God, just hit it. Like, just make contact. Just make contact. And I, man I managed to just about make contact. Like, towed, towed it so badly that it took all the spin off it. Like, I managed to run out to about 220 yards. Like, sliced an iron into it. Then made just like an amazing up and down. I remember the up and down. That was good. Even though I did feel like I yipped it. It was <laughs> words out well. <laughs> So that's, that's definitely the most nervous I've been. I don't think I'll ever be that deadly. nervous again. No, deadly. I've only played in front of like maybe 30, 40 people playing golf. I've played in front of a few thousand playing Gaelic football, but definitely did. Because there's 30, 40 people that I knew as well. They were like, it was a member's competition. and mm -hmm. uh, Got to the final loss, but I like, got to the final. But I mean, first tee, and it's, it's a small tee box. In the, well, like, there's a small shoot out in the hinge. And it's because it's 30, 40 people that you know and they know how you're there because you, 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 you're there to win. I would describe it as a worrying buzz because it's <laughs> fucking great, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> right? Well, you, that was, that's what it's like. I can only imagine what it's like in open qualifying. It's like amplify that hundred times. Especially when, especially when you, you know, people know what you're doing there. I mean, obviously, everyone's trying to qualify, but if you make a whole video series about it, like it's not, it's not, you know, you're going to raise your expectations. It's very different. Like golf's, golf's weird because, like, like you're saying, playing gay league football, I played in front of not massive crowds, but some biggish crowds when I was playing football as a kid. And we got to finals and stuff like that. But it's a very different thing. Like, if you're playing in front of a few hundred people, for example, in football and they're cheering you on, because football, you don't generally have time to think. Like you're running, mm. you're getting it, you're passing. Or reactive, yeah. Yeah, you, it's very reactive. 
in golf, if there's a few hundred people stood around you, you're teeing that ball up. I mean, that's the first challenge. You've got to get it resting on the tee without it dropping off. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh God, it's not resting on the tee. Then you shake it. Then, you know, yeah. <laughs> or beads of sweat kind of running down your back. You know, you start to get a little bit twitchy. And then it's so quiet and there's so much that can go wrong. And it's like, oh, it's a completely different sport. Yeah, that the biggest difference really, I think, between between the amateurs and the pros, but then the, the top pros is that ability to think clearly and perform well under pressure. Like it's a different skill. It's a completely different skill. Set. Yeah. Clear the mechanism. Mm. And that's what I do. Clear the mechanism. Don't know if you ever saw that movie with Kevin Costner in it. Baseball. Yeah. Another thing I'll slide into your image, but there's that link to that <laughs> random comment. Quick for our Q and a Peter Finch, you said, whatever you think, that's the answer. Okay. Uh-huh. Most important question of the, fantastic few minutes or so what would your walk-on song be um mozart piano concerto number 21 is c minor obviously love it jim or pizza uh, pizza come on it's a silly question <laughs> come on hat, <laughs> hat visor or bucket hat uh hat happy happy Gilmore or tin cup Happy Gilmore. Walk or cart? Oh, walk. Another city question for you. Win the Masters or win the Open? Um, yeah, open. Open. Open for me. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. I thought you were going to say Institube. <laughs> Twitter app. Twitter app. That's my favorite. Player practice. Um, bye. Thank you very much. I did tell you there would be a bonus question because it's it's one I like to get people, I like to put people on the spot and make it a bit hard for them sometimes. So this is kind of like a little bit of a story uh, to, to set it up. So Peter, you're, we, we, we'll use current context. So you're in isolation and it's the first day out of isolation, Mr. Fincher, and you're allowed six people around for dinner. Okay, so who are the six people come to Peter Finch's candlelit dinner? Anyone you want, dead, alive, golf, celebrity, whoever. Um, I don't know, probably quite cheesy, but I just want my family around at the moment, to be honest with you. That's kind of... That's, that's not cheesy at all. That's yeah, that, all that's, basically, it, yeah. that's basically who I'd, who I'd want around, yeah. And to be honest, like, I didn't, if it was anyone famous, you don't know what they're going to be like. You know, you, you could... <laughs> You could invite someone around you really like, and it could be a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you just don't know, do you? Um, (coughs) Excuse me. But I think, yeah, I think at the moment, just just family, man. Yeah, family family or friends. Like, that's that's all all the people I want to spend time with at the moment. That's massively refreshing. Peter Finch, thank you very much for your time. I will see you on a fairway next time. You probably won't see me on the fairway, but I can wave <laughs> to I can wave to you. I'll be I'll be spectating from the other fairway. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much, Peter. You take it easy. 
what a chat, what a man, what a legend. Mad as a bag of spiders, as some might say. Um, superb sense of humor. Um, just like he is on the videos is how he is off them, I suppose. Uh, really appreciative of Peter's time and in giving us the extra time as well. Um, which you don't often get with, with people in his position. So really, really thankful for Peter in his time. And I hope you all enjoyed that chat and maybe saw a different side of Mr. Finch that we don't see on, on your screens, in your living rooms or on your phone. Um, so if you have enjoyed it, please leave a review. Um, big news coming up for Pytoscope website going live 1st of March with a shop with hats, visors and bucket hats. Um, so I hope that lands nicely with you all and if you want one, snag one up. Um, proceeds will go to making this podcast even better. Next on the shopping list is better microphones um, and get that real like radio quality audio. Um, so that's what the proceeds will go to, making the podcast better. Um, and maybe put some food on the table for the kids but yeah I hope you enjoyed this chat really really big interview again next week they're getting better and better can't wait to bring you it it is with a certain Tom Coyne Matt Adams the golf channel and also Matt Janella so the trifecta of gentlemen in golf media and golf travel and traveling to Ireland. So really getting forward, looking forward to getting stuck into that conversation. So um, I'll leave you back to your mornings, afternoons or evenings or back to finish that last rep in the gym or finish off that last slice of pizza. Until we tee up again soon, I'm Paddy. Paddy.